This is an audio series from the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. The night draws near and the shadows stir. You're alone in the woods. Dead leaves crunch underfoot and the wind bites at your neck. You feel a chill down your spine as the fog ushers you deeper into the darkness. A darkness full of eyes that watch and whispers of stories. I am your storyteller. And this is Campfire Chronicles. Tonight's story follows Mark, a man coming to terms with a tragic loss. Whilst trying to support his distant wife, her coping method becomes too much. But now, he is starting to believe it too. Believe that there really is something that needs its mother. awoke to the sensation of something moving in the bed beside him. He shuddered at the realisation of what it was. Just once he'd like for the whole night to pass without Emily getting up to feed it. Just once he'd like for her to sleep all the way through without having to get up to give that thing attention. He could picture where she'd be right now. He didn't need to go and check up on her to know that she'd be sat in the darkness of the spare room moonlight cascading through the window behind her, with her tit out as she tried to feed the baby they no longer had. The baby Mark couldn't see, but Emily swore was there. The baby that loved to have moonlight shine through onto it at night, or else it couldn't sleep. Every time he saw her cradle it in her arms, whispering sweet nothings into its ear and giggling as it did something cute that only she could see, he died a little inside. No. He wouldn't go in to check on her. He wouldn't do that to himself. Not unless she called for him, and that was something she rarely did anymore. Emily liked to have her alone time with it. Mother-son time, she liked to call it. That alone was enough to show Mark just how badly she was taking the death of their child. They'd had a girl. The baby they had buried in that little shoebox-sized coffin was named Amanda. Yet Emily paraded around with this phantom child she called Luke. Fucking Luke. It was so close to Lucifer, it was unreal. Mark had never been a God-fearing man, but he'd started to pray recently. Happy folk don't pray, is what his dad always said. Only those who want something get on their knees and ask for it. Even those that don't believe in the Lord got on their knees and begged him for help. That was something Mark could attest to. He got on his knees every morning and most nights. 
He was getting on them now, dragging himself out of bed despite the chill in the air and slumping down onto the hard wood. He could feel his face reddening in the dark as the wave of embarrassment washed over him. Please, Lord, make my Emily all right again. Give her mind peace and let her leave this nonsense behind. Make her see there's nothing there. We can try again or we can adopt if that's what she wants. Just make her well again. He said the words hurriedly, afraid his wife would come back and hear him. She didn't need to see what he thought of her. It would only make matters worse. That's when he heard it. It was faint and barely noticeable, but it was there. No matter how hard he tried to tell himself it wasn't, Mark was starting to hear it more regularly, or at the very least, he was starting to hear things like it more regularly. A cough. Not a cough from Emily. It was more high-pitched and decidedly childlike. The cough of a baby that had had too much milk and was threatening to spit it back up. Tears ran down his cheeks as he tried to convince himself he was hearing things. He had to be. He told himself so every night. There was nothing in that room with Emily. There was nothing sucking milk from his wife's breast. There was nothing being cradled in her arms or having sweet nothings whispered into its ear in the moonlight. The thought of hearing it, the thought of him actually believing something was there was madness. Such behaviour wasn't overly common, but some women did fixate on the loss in a positive way, he'd been told. This was just one of many ways Emily could have dealt with the crushing loss of losing her child so shortly after bringing her into the world. What was his excuse? How did he tell people he was hearing the cries and coughs of a child that wasn't there? A child they'd never given birth to. People would feel sorry for Emily, but they'd want to commit him to a psychiatric hospital. He scrambled back into bed and pulled the covers tight around him a moment before his wife came back into the room. He shivered as she slid into bed beside him. The cold touch of her hands was icy against his back. Luke enjoyed his feed. He went straight to sleep after. He's such a good boy, Emily said. That's great, Em, Mark said, trying to sound happy for her. I'm really glad to hear it. She cuddled up next to him and wrapped her arms around him. And just like that, she felt like Emily again. She felt like his Emily again. But it wouldn't last. It never did. The next day started off like any normal Saturday in the Woodford household. Emily busied herself making breakfast, the smell of the bacon and eggs wafting upstairs rousing Mark from his slumber. He looked at the clock on his bedside table. The blocky red LED numbers told him he'd overslept a little more than he'd like. An occurrence that happened every Saturday, despite him telling himself he'd be up before his wife and have breakfast ready for her for a change. He got up and pulled on a clean shirt and a pair of jeans before going through to the bathroom to brush his teeth. His plate was already piled with bacon, eggs and beans by the time he got down to the kitchen and an unhealthy amount of fried bread was stacked on a saucer. Just the way he'd like to start off the weekend with the ever-present threat of a heart attack looming just around the corner. Sleep well, babe? She asked as she sat down to her own plate. Mark couldn't see the high chair anywhere. 
He didn't ask about its absence. The less of that nonsense he filled his mind with, let alone Emily's, the better. Like a log, Mark lied. He didn't ask how she slept. It would only bring up comments about having to get up to feed Luke. Comments he didn't want ruining the lovely breakfast his wife had prepared. Comments he knew he'd have to deal with at some point, but not now. Not for as long as he could manage to put them off. Do you have much planned for your day now you're finally up and out of bed? Emily asked. I'm going to watch the early kick-off with Paul, before helping my dad sort out all of the old junk in his attic. Unless there's anything you want to do. His dad would understand him changing plans last minute. Like him, his father was worried about Emily as well. Anything he could do to take her mind away from Amanda's loss was something well worth doing in Edward Woodford's book. She shook her head and delicately forked a pile of eggs into her mouth. Mark couldn't help but think how pretty she was, even when stuffing her face with food. The pregnancy had done nothing to alter the slim physique she'd had before getting big with Amanda, and the subsequent loss hadn't left her looking as haggard as he'd expected. That's because there's still a fucking baby to look after. She didn't lose anything. Not to her mind, anyway. No, it's okay. I think I'm going to get my hair done. I just can't seem to get it right. Mark found that hard to believe. Her hair was gorgeous. Long, and a red so dark it was almost brown. Sounds good, honey. Nothing like a bit of a pamper to start the weekend off right. Yep, right after I take little Luke out for his walk. Mark froze, a fork of bacon three quarters of the way up to his mouth. Emily just continued to eat as though she'd said nothing out of the ordinary. He hated to see her go out on her walks with Luke. She'd get the little black and chrome pushchair they'd got for Amanda and bundle this invisible infant into it with so many blankets that it almost looked like there might be something swaddled within. The thought of what people might think if they walked by and had a peek in at the little baby that should have been enjoying its stroll horrified him. How many people already thought of her as crazy Emily Woodford? Or that mad Woodford woman? Mark imagined they thought worse of him. Even if the random passers-by in the street didn't know him, he just knew they'd be asking about how her husband could let her go out like that. How could any man let a grown woman go out with an empty pushchair as if she were a five-year-old girl with her baby doll. Mark? Huh? I said, do you want anything picking up from town whilst I'm in? No, babe. You just enjoy your hair appointment. I can't wait to see it. She smiled. Inside, Mark winced. I don't know what to do anymore, Paul. It's all getting too much. Mark said as he put his pint glass down on the table with a satisfying thud. In the background, a few people cheered as Liverpool scored their third goal in half an hour against a floundering West Ham. Just be there for her, man. It's all you can do. That's easier said than done. Do you know how hard it is to be there and watch as she breastfeeds something that isn't there, as she sings lullabies to an empty cot at night? Paul looked uncomfortable and Mark instantly felt bad for unburdening, but he couldn't help it. You know what the doctors said, Mark, she just needs time. 
Right now, she's pushing an empty pushchair around the country park because Luke wants his morning walk. Mark was suddenly conscious of the heads turning his way, most likely more annoyed at the sudden loudness rather than curious about the actual conversation. It was worse at night, Mark had noticed. Luke, he hated using the thing's name, didn't seem as active or as needy during the daylight hours. Not that that was much of a consolation in the winter months. It was getting dark at half past four in the afternoon these days. Sometimes Emily would go the whole day without even mentioning it. And for those blissful hours, it was just like old times. Just like he and Emily had been before the pregnancy, before Amanda's passing, and before his wife had started mothering things that weren't there. Sooner or later, Emily will realise everything's in her head and snap out of it. You've got to have faith in that, Paul said. I can't just do that, Mark said, head in his hands. It's driving me crazy. I'm afraid to go to sleep at night because of being woken up by her as she goes to go feed that thing. I don't know what to say, dude. I'm losing it, Mark replied. Last night, I swore I heard a child's cough. And the night before that. Well, let's just say that she's frightening me enough that my mind's starting to buy into it. You said it yourself, Mark. You're not sleeping well. As soon as you get a few good nights sleep, you'll be feeling better. Mark nodded. That was obvious. The only reason he heard that cough was because he was so tired that his brain was expecting to hear it, because on some subconscious level, he was accepting what his wife was saying. He picked his pint back up, took a deep swig and turned his attention back to the game. He resolved to talk of other things. The last thing he wanted was to start his friends off thinking he was going crazy. His father had done his best, whilst Mark helped him to shift a mountain of assorted childhood trinkets out of the attic to keep the conversation off of Emily. It had, for the first couple of hours, been an absolute success. Hell, Mark had even forgotten about his problems at home and had thought of nothing other than the memories the things that they were moving brought up. A small monkey with clapping cymbals stuck out the most. Ever since reading the short story Monkey by Stephen King, Mark had been terrified of it. He'd made his dad put it in a box, symbols covered in cotton wool, and had found sleep hard to come by on the first few nights of the thing's incarceration. He'd often lay there, expecting that little monkey to clap its hands together, a metallic jang, jang, jang echoing from the attic. It never did, obviously, but seeing it as an adult had brought all of those silly childhood fears back to the forefront of his mind, and Mark had found himself handling the little monkey with more care than he might have handled a newborn puppy. As the afternoon wore on, they'd gone down for sandwiches and coffee. Mark's mother, Mary, had been the one to bring Emily's condition, as she liked to call it, up in conversation. Mark had done his best to allay their fears and, perhaps without too much subtlety, had made his excuses and left his parents' home not too long afterwards. It was already late by the time Mark pulled up onto his driveway and he thought it odd that the house was in darkness. Surely Emily wasn't still at the hairdresser's. He put his key in the lock and savoured the heat coming out of the house to combat the chill winter air. Em? He shouted as he closed the door and fumbled for the light switch. You home? A gentle sobbing cut through the quiet. He found the switch and flicked it on. Emily was stood there, 
her vest slipped down from one shoulder and her left breast exposed. He saw what looked like redness around the nipple, almost as if something had bitten her. Her face, though, took his attention away from her exposed body. Babe? he asked, rushing toward her. She was crying. It looked like she had been for a long while. A bruise was starting to form on the left-hand side of her face. He pulled her vest back up over her shoulder, trying to ignore the redness of her breast. What happened to you? Mark demanded. You're hurt. Who did this? He's jealous, she whispered between sobs and buried her face in his shoulder. Who's jealous? Who did this? Was Emily cheating on him? Was all this Luke nonsense just a reason to make him push her away so she could get with some other man without it being an affair? No. It couldn't be. Emily wasn't like that. He knew his Emily wouldn't do anything like that. He looked down at her breast, now covered by her vest again. It would explain the redness, and she was stood there in tears with a bruise on her cheek. Someone had hit her. Was some unknown man unwilling to share her anymore? Mark could feel his face turning bright red. He loved his wife, more than anything. He didn't want this to be true. He wanted for it to be nothing more than his overactive imagination jumping to conclusions. But would it be worse than her genuinely thinking she was mothering a phantom child, he thought. Who did this? He could hear the growl in his voice. Emily must have too, for she looked up and he felt he could see a glimmer of fear in her eye. He felt instantly guilty for making her feel that way. Even if she was cheating on him, he would never hurt her, and he didn't want her to think that he might. The other man, though. That was another story. Mark's head snapped upward as the telltale sound of someone moving upstairs could be heard, the shuffling of feet across the landing, the creak of one of the boards that Mark had told Emily he'd sought out at the weekend since some time two years back. He pushed his wife away and bounded up the stairs. Behind him, his wife wailed, fresh tears no doubt streaking down her face. He took the stairs two or three at once and reached the darkness of the landing in a time that would have put an Olympic sprinter to shame. His hand lashed out and thumped the light switch, the lamp overhead taking an eternity to flare to life. His dad hated those energy-efficient lamps. It's like living in a bloody cave, he'd say, every time he flicked on a switch and it only gave off a dim glow after taking an age to come on. That dim glow, however, was more than enough to show Mark an empty landing. Whoever had made those sounds had ducked into one of the rooms. All three doors to the bedrooms were closed, as was the bathroom. He moved forward, opening each and surging in, turning the lights on as he went. The smallest bedroom proved as empty as ever, the bathroom also. The master bedroom was no more occupied than any of those before it. One door left, you fucker! Mark snarled. He burst into the middle-sized bedroom, the one they had planned to use for Amanda. It was cold, more so than the rest of the house, with dim moonlight shining through open curtains. He switched the light on and found the room to be empty, save for the cot that his daughter had slept in a handful of times and the chair Emily sat at while she fed Luke. He heard the creak of a door closing behind him and the sound of someone putting weight on the loose floorboard near the top of the stairs. 
He spun around and found the landing just as empty as it was when he'd passed through it. The door to the master bedroom was, however, closed. He moved towards it and pushed it open. Mark couldn't remember if he'd turned the light off when exiting. He must have done, for it was off now. He turned it back on and gave the room a cursory glance to make sure it was empty. It was. He began to shake. Whether with fury or fear, he wasn't quite sure. He'd heard someone up here, twice. You heard a baby cough as well, he thought to himself. You're just sharing in her delusion. She's making it easy for you to do that. That's all it is. That made sense. Emily had gone in to feed a baby. A cough is a common thing to hear when a woman feeds a baby and it gets too full up with milk. So his mind had heard it because it was a normal sound to hear under those circumstances. Emily had also said he was jealous and Mark had instantly heard somebody upstairs. His mind wanted him to hear it. It needed him to hear these things to almost make sense of everything. That's all it was. It had to be. Apophenia. He'd heard that term used on a podcast. He couldn't remember, but he thought it was called the Black Tapes. One of the characters had said that apophenia was seeing, hearing, or experiencing something when you expected to experience that thing. He said it was the reason people saw ghosts. Apophenia, he said to himself. That's all it is. If that's all it was, then why had Emily screamed like that when he went up the stairs? He put that wail of hers out of his mind and made his way back down. He needed to be there for his wife. She was clearly in distress. Even if all she had done was hurt herself, he had to be there for her and hope she passed through this phase. Emily was stood staring at him, eyes wet from crying. You're okay? She asked. He nodded. I'm fine, babe. I I'm sorry. I shouldn't have pushed you. I shouldn't have run off like that. Let's get you cleaned up. We'll get some ice on that cheek of yours. I thought he was going to hurt you. He doesn't like another man being in Luke's life, Mark. He told me so. He hurt me when I told him you were a good man and that he had nothing to worry about. She put a hand to her cheek then. It made Mark shiver. Who said that? He asked, knowing full well he shouldn't be encouraging this shared delusion of theirs, but unable to stop himself. Who hurt you? Luke's daddy, she said. He's come home to see Luke, and he's not happy. That night, Mark couldn't get warm. The heating had been on since before he'd got home and found Emily bruised and dishevelled, but the cold just seemed to eat into every room of the house. Even beneath the covers, with clothes on and a throw on top of him, Mark felt as though he was bedding down in the Arctic with nothing but his birthday suit for cover. Emily stood beside him and got up for her nightly ritual of feeding that thing. He hated thinking the name at the best of times, but he hated it more in the darkness. He felt vulnerable in the dark, in the dead of night. The cold swept into the bed as she got up and he found himself shivering twice as much as he had been. Emily hadn't said much more about the man she claimed had hurt her. He was thankful for that, but 
Just because they weren't talking about it didn't mean that Mark hadn't carried on thinking about it. In fact, it was all he had thought about since. It fit so well, in an impossible way that he knew wasn't real. The footsteps, the sounds he'd heard when looking for the man he thought his wife might have been sleeping with, the bruise on her face and the chilling words, he doesn't like another man in Luke's life. Mark hated to admit it, but he was scared. Although he didn't know what of. He wasn't a believer in ghosts or demons or anything like that. Not since he was a kid had thoughts of the supernatural entered his mind in anything more than an entertainment kind of way. But just because he didn't believe it, didn't mean that his wife didn't believe it. Just because you don't believe it, doesn't mean that it isn't real, he told himself. You want proof? There are people that don't believe the earth is round, but it is. Travel as far and as long as you like and you'll never drop off the edge into space. Keep telling yourself your wife is just imagining things. It doesn't mean that she isn't. He chased those thoughts away. They always crept in when she was having her mother-son time. Did he really think what Emily thought was happening to her was genuinely happening? Was the rational part of his mind wrong? Was that why the thoughts kept popping into his head? Mark! Emily's voice cut through the 3am silence and caused Mark to flinch. The sudden noise had scared him half to death. Can you come and help me, baby? Mark began to tremble. She hadn't asked that in a long time. The last time was because the curtains had come down when she tried to adjust them so just the right amount of moonlight was shining through onto little Luke. The time before that had been because the cot had fallen over when she was putting little Luke back to bed after his feed. It had turned out one of the legs was loose but he still hadn't forgiven her for it. It was okay to pretend something was sleeping in that cot but he didn't like her actually using it now that Amanda was gone. It felt like a desecration of her memory. Or is something sleeping in it? He thought to himself. I'll be right in, babe. He sat up, shivered as he pulled the quilt off of him and trudged through into Amanda's old room. There she was, sat in her chair, breast bared to the room, moonlight shining from behind her, silhouetting her against the icy brightness. What do you want, Em? He asked, stepping closer to her. He's here again, baby, she said. Who is? Mark asked, already knowing the answer. He wanted to reach for the light switch, but knew better than to do that. She had shrieked the first time he'd done it, because little Luke would never be able to get back to sleep with the light dazzling him like that. Luke's daddy. He wanted to turn the light on now more than ever. A shadow had slowly moved behind his wife. Whether it was fatigue, shared delusion, or just pure madness, Mark didn't care. He could see a tall shadow looming over his wife as she let some invisible infant suckle at her tit. What does he want, Em? He asked, barely able to get the words out. He reached a hand toward the light switch as he saw the shadow move to stand beside her. He shook his head. It was solid. A solid mass of blackness in the shape 
of a man. It wore a hat in the same shape as the sort you saw Abraham Lincoln wear in those old pictures. He doesn't want you near Luke anymore. Her voice was no longer her own. It sounded like Emily, but the voice was too cold. Too distant and emotionless for it to have ever come from his wife. His hand found the light switch and he flicked it up with a satisfying click. Nothing happened. No light illuminated the room to chase the shadows away. He says I can stay, Mark, but you have to go. The door slammed shut behind him. Mark's head spun around to confirm what his ears had just told him. He grabbed for the handle, but it wouldn't budge. The sheer coldness of the metal caused him to pull his hands away. He turned back to look at his wife just in time to see the shadow figure lunge past her, dark arms outstretched. Mark screamed as the cold enveloped him. That was Luke by Aaron J. Booth. Should you find yourself lost and alone again, join me for another twisted tale. But tonight, as you leave the glow and warmth of the campfire and the last ember flickers in the dying light, remember that these stories will stay with you. You've been listening to an audio series from the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. To show your support on this project, along with the other content we create, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. You can keep up to date with everything else we are up to on social media using the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.